0: well good good morning and good to be with you today uh church um i am uh, pastor chris for those of you who might not know me i'm seven in for pastor paco on on this day and this week and as many of you know um pastor paco and his family have been recovering from covid uh, uh the majority of the family uh ended up testing positive and he's still recovering they're they're getting better but uh still with a little bit of a cough depending on who you ask in the family some are pretty much with no symptoms and um Paco and Sylvia and um Dr. Priscilla and they're 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 coming out of the woods as well but uh asked if I could I could preach and share with you today and so I'm happy to be able to do that and uh, they also wanted just to say hi to you thanks for praying thanks for all those who've been bringing meals and checking in and sending texts Um, they mentioned that they definitely Feel the, feel the support and feel the love and uh, yeah, so thank you so much for, for, for thinking about them and for being with them, uh, even if it's been through through text or through prayer or through just, um, yeah, just kind of supporting them that way. So I thought I would share with you guys this morning and um, it's fun for me to be able to have kind of an open topic and be able to think about whatever I would like to share. That's a lot of power and a lot of freedom uh, for a, a Sunday to be able to share, but I have been thinking. Lately that these last bunch of weeks that we have been in um, Really as a part of a pretty long season that we've been in has been uh, a season of a lot of challenges a season of a lot of uncertainty um, A season that for some has been pretty pretty frustrating and even disheartening and uh, I've been reading scripture kind of through those eyes in a fresh way and I feel like if you're like me you maybe felt like in the beginning there was all of the, the initial tension of the virus and um, the reality that we were in this new new season where we were quarantining and buying masks and doing all those kind of things. And then after that, uh, it felt like the, the kind of initial few weeks of thinking this is this crazy moment turned into a much, much longer time uh, that saw us see a lot of job loss and a lot of economic uncertainty. And as that coincided with um, really wrestling with um, all of the fallout of what happened to George Floyd and his killing, and all of the uh, the protests that came out of that. Uh, really, just a season of wrestling through all sorts of big issues as 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 a country and as a church, and figuring out what does it mean to follow Jesus in the middle of that. And um, it almost started to feel like a couple weeks ago in the summer, I, I was out and walking around and looking around seeing just tons of people outside and for just just a moment it started feeling like maybe maybe this whole covid thing maybe we're kind of moving past it um but it has become very real once again and there's been people really close to us uh, to krista and i as, as as a as a couple and as a family and then of course with the the amadors uh, getting sick just reminding us that we are very much still in the middle of this thing and i have been kind of praying and saying god what would you what would you teach us about what would you teach us about uh how to follow you in the middle of a season like this and you know it's been an interesting season that on top of all of that we're of course heading into an election and the president and um, first lady and all sorts of other people connected to him also got sick at the same time as the Amadors uh got sick and joking around they could write each other and check up on each other and see how they're doing but um kind of just reminding us how this real this uh, this all is. And even coming off of the, the debates, sort of a, a frustrating experience for all of you who watched the, the presidential debate. Whatever side of the aisle you sit on, most people's opinion of the debate was, that was really annoying. And so um, kind of just the, the, the weight of the year dragging on and then things becoming very personal once again, um, reading scripture through those lenses and praying, God, what would you say to us during this time? And I have been reading not because of uh, any specific reason other than that? It's just what comes up next in my my Bible reading plan. I've been reading through the Book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah. If you're not already feeling kind of down, Jeremiah will get you there. Sometimes <laughs> the reading Jeremiah is um, is both very raw and very real, and sometimes a little bit discouraging. But as I was reading Jeremiah, I have found um, that God has kind of spoken to my heart through that uh, through th- through that book, and through some of the challenges that Jeremiah was going through that in some ways are similar to some of the challenges that we see around us now. So let me pray and then we're gonna kind of see some reflections from the book of Jeremiah, um, what it looks like to follow Jesus in a season, in a long season of uncertainty where there's, where there's frustrations and all sorts of directions at all sorts of people and where there's uh, some personal, personal hurt and and um, heartache as well. What what does it look like to follow God in this season? And so I'm going to share that, but let me just pray first. Uh, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given us um, a a word that is living and is active and that speaks to us and that corrects us and that rebukes us and that encourages us and that uh, shapes us to become more like you. We thank you for that. Thank you as well, God, that Um, even during uh, seasons that are constantly changing. Each new season that we entered into uh, sort of gives us a new set of lenses in order to see your word through. And so I I thank you for the the things that have kind of come out of your word uh, during this season, God. And um, ask God that you would use this time right now to encourage us as a congregation to speak to us. And we just give you permission. Holy Spirit, do as you will with us. We love you and we need you. And so speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Jeremiah in several different places today. So if you want to find Jeremiah on your phone or on your paper Bible or on your whatever you use to uh, to look at scripture, um, I'll encourage you to do that. And Jeremiah, for those of you who are uh, a little rusty on your Jeremiah, Jeremiah was written at a season in Israel's history where uh, the people of God have been divided there for a long, long time there have been sort of ten tribes to the north that we call Israel or Samaria, and two tribes to the south which were called Judah, even though it was Judah and and Benjamin, but the the country had long since been divided, and the northern kingdoms had, um, long before Jeremiah had actually fallen to the Assyrians and been taken away into captivity and there was all sorts of prophets who God rose up in that time to speak into the life of those tribes calling them to repent to follow Jesus to or to follow um, to follow the, the father through that season and and they didn't and the result was was a catastrophe and in the time of Jeremiah it seemed like Judah the the last two tribes were sort of marching similarly towards a place where God was going to sort of turn them over um, to the worst of their desires and and let the consequences fall. And he's he's calling his people to come back to him um, before before it's too late. And the context of Jeremiah is that uh, it's not like one or two people who are struggling. In Jeremiah, there is struggle all over the place. And there is frustration all over the place. Um, We're going to look at Jeremiah 22 for a second. And in Jeremiah 22... We find that the national leadership was a mess. And maybe you have felt during this season uh, frustrated at politics, frustrated at the election season, frustrated before the election season. Um, you would feel it would have, that, that feeling would not have been foreign to Jeremiah in that, that season that he was preaching God's word. Um, Jeremiah is given all sorts of words to speak to the national leadership and being called—they're they're calling them to, to follow the ways of God. Jeremiah twenty-two one to five says, "This is what the Lord says: Go down to the palace of the king of Judah and proclaim this message. Uh, hear the word of the Lord do, to you, king. Uh, hear the word of the Lord to you, king of Judah, who sit on David's throne. You, your officials, and your people who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says: Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed." Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. For if you are careful to carry out these commands, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this palace, riding in chariots and on horses, accompanied by their officials and their people. But if you do not obey these commands, declares the Lord, I swear by myself that this palace will become a ruin. And God is sending Jeremiah to speak to the national leadership, saying, it's time to get yourself in line with the ways of God uh, before it's too late. And you might think that a warning like that would would um, go over well. And if you have read a lot of the Old Testament and a lot of the Old Testament prophets, you know that usually the answer is it doesn't. And this is one of those cases where it doesn't. And so not much farther down in 22, 11 to 17. I'll just read just these, but the section is pretty, pretty long. He um, says... After calling the king, saying, repent, fall in line with the ways of God, um, with the ways of, of justice before it's too late. Um, at the end, he, is, he begins to pronounce um, kind of his judgment on those kings who, who, do, not, who do not respond and who do not uh, repent. And so we're going to read just from 11 to 17 in chapter 22. It says, For this is what the Lord says about Shalom, son of Josiah, who succeeded his father as king of Judah, but has gone from this place. He will never return he will die in the place where they have led him captive he will not see this land again woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness his upper rooms by injustice making his own people work for nothing not paying them for their labor he says i will build myself a great palace with spacious upper rooms so he makes large windows in it panels it with cedar and decorates it in red does it make you king to have more and more cedar did not your father have food and drink he did what was right and just so all went well with him he defended the cause of the poor and the needy and so all went well with him is that not what it means to know me declares the lord but your eyes and heart are set only on dishonest gain on shedding innocent blood and on oppression and extortion and then it goes on from there and he speaks to um other other kings of israel as well uh, but it it's a it's a time where the the national leadership of israel is a mess and is not living in line with god but it's not just the national leadership that's a mess, Um, it's also the religious leadership. And so we find in chapter 23, 23 uh, verse 11, Jeremiah continues to speak and he says, both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find their wickedness, declares the Lord. Um, Both prophet and priest are godless even in my temple. I find their wickedness declares the Lord So God is looking into the religious leadership and he looks at the the priesthood and he says it's a mess And even in the temple of the Lord uh, There's wickedness and there's injustice and there's idolatry and the the role of the prophets in God's sort of economy uh, was to remind the people uh, to turn to follow the ways of God so in the old testament there was a a covenant we call the old covenant or the old testament which was the mosaic covenant and god gave the law to his people and he calls them to obey it and at the end of uh, the law in in deuteronomy around chapter 30 he gives all sorts of sort of promises of blessing for obeying the law and and sticking to the covenant and all sorts of Sort of curses saying if you don't fall in line with what my covenant is these are the things that are going to happen to you and the prophets generally what they're mostly doing is they're calling the people reminding them of what the covenant is and saying return to the ways of the Lord before it's too late and uh, oftentimes they're given very specific ways to call out the people and very specific ways um, to point out not in general terms but in specific terms of what it will look like if the people don't respond in time and if the leaders don't respond in time and so he speaks to the kings and their officials and he says if only you would walk in my ways it would go well for you but because you are against doing that uh, because of your continued um, building up of yourself even at the expense of your people and not fighting for the vulnerable amongst you. The time has come where where you're lost. And then he looks at the religious leadership and he looks at the priesthood and he says, the priesthood is not doing it. Uh, as they're, they're, they're also practicing injustice. They're also practicing idolatry. And then he looks at the prophets and he says, the ones who are supposed to call my people back, um, they're just as bad. And so the prophets, he gets into even farther. Um, if you go to chapter 23, where we've been in verse 16, verses, uh, verses six, 23, 16, he says, This is what the Lord Almighty says Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They will fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. And then 23, 30 to 32, it says, Therefore declares the Lord, chapter uh, 23, still verse 30. Therefore, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who steal from one another. I am against the prophets who steal from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare. The Lord declares, indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams. Declares the Lord, they they tell them and lead my people astray with the reckless lies. Yet I do not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. And so the the king, the national leadership is a mess. The priesthood is a mess. The prophets, who should be the ones reforming, they're also prophesying lies. And it doesn't get much better. The people, in chapter 11 of Jeremiah, unsurprisingly, people who are not being led in a godly way, themselves are not living in a way that honors God. So 11, chapter 11, verse 9, says, Then the Lord said to me, This is a conspiracy among the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their ancestors who refused to listen to my words. They have followed other gods to serve them. Both Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. Therefore, uh, I'll just leave just there, 10 both Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. And if you try to look beyond that and say, well, what about the, the the other nations that are around? The reality is it doesn't get much better. And from chapters 46 to 51, there's sort of one prophecy after another against all sorts of different surrounding nations. So the, the time of Jeremiah is a time where, at a national level, the leadership is a mess, is corrupt. The religious leadership is a mess. The, the prophets are confusing their people because they're preaching false things and the true prophets like Jeremiah seem like they're lying because they're the only ones saying the opposite of what all of the other prophetic voices are being prophetic about uh, and so the the result is there's there's a mess and there's confusion the people themselves have broken the covenant and uh, returned to the ways of their ancestors and are committing the same sins as their ancestors the nations around them are a mess it's a mess it's a time that looks like a mess and Maybe you have felt that way a little bit in 2020. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you are a little uh, have a rosier outlook than I do. But sometimes I've said, I've looked around. And I've said, it feels like, it feels like the the nations are sort of an, an uproar. It feels like the leadership of our nation—not just one party, but the leadership of the nation as a whole—doesn't uh, seem to be uh, paving the way and leading the way for the rest of us. Um, doesn't feel like. Uh, there's a lot of sense when I go through Facebook and I look at people's timelines. Uh, it seem, feels like uh, feels like things are a mess right now. And so when things are a mess, and they were a mess in Jeremiah's time, the question is, what do you do when it's a mess? And I feel like there's there's some answers that we can find in Jeremiah. Um, the first thing is, and this maybe is helpful, uh, maybe it's not helpful. But to me, it is helpful, first of all, just to recognize that when things are a mess, it's not that strange when you look at scripture there are a lot of seasons when things seem like a total mess and for me for some reason that actually comforts me um comforts me to have some perspective to say okay things are not the way they should be uh things seem like they're sort of a mess Uh, that that happens more often than i would like to believe um and even in those moments where things are a mess god calls his people to be faithful to him but um but but this is it's a reality that you find Happening oftentimes in Scripture, where the people of God, the leadership of the people of God, um, the leadership of the nations, um, the people themselves, even the prophets and the priests, um, seem to be drifting astray, and God has to frequently call His people back. So the idea that we're living in a difficult season, where not just difficulty from pandemics, but where it feels like there's there's a, a lot of scandal and a lot of corruption and a lot of frustration. Uh, that, that dynamic is not one that catches God by surprise. And the God of all history has seen seasons like this come before. He's seen seasons that have been worse than this before. Um, and he, this season has not caught him off guard. And what's interesting is, oftentimes, the best stories we have in Scripture are the ones that happen in the middle of seasons that are a mess. So I don't, uh, I, it helps me to, even though I don't like, like the season, it helps me to feel sort of centered to know that it's not, it's not the strangest thing. To be going through a season of such unrest and and such difficulty and frustration um, on all sides, that it's strange for me. But historically, it's it's not it's not the strangest thing to happen in history. Uh, that's not a very good answer, though. It just just helps me it helps me to be sober minded about it. Uh, the second thing is that I feel like I and the thing I really want to um, kind of speak to is God in the middle of seasons where there's not a lot of good direction. From your Facebook feed or from the leadership of the country or from even many times the religious leadership of the country uh, or from your neighbor or from people in other nations when you look around you say where do I go it doesn't feel like there's anyone anyone to follow through the season it's interesting that Jeremiah's job is ultimately the take the word of the Lord and to bring the word of the Lord to the people of God and it reminds me that even in the middle of seasons like this God calls us to return to his word. Uh, he calls us to, um, even though we see all sorts of problems, to not abandon the word of the Lord, but to cling tightly to the word of the Lord. And I've been asking God, what is the, what is the Lord? Paco and I have both been praying, God, what is, what is the specific word you would say to us as your church during this season? But as a general sense, we, we have the word of God. And had the people in Jeremiah's time listen to the, the word and obey the word, They wouldn't even have needed a Jeremiah to come and speak uh, words of rebuke and calling them to repent. Um, But because they had so far drifted from what the covenant said, what the the word had said, uh, Jeremiah needs to speak into them. And for myself, as we wait and we say, God, what is your specific word for us as a church here in Little Village? We have his word and we can cling to his word. Uh, We can say, God, what is it that you are actually telling me to do, What what I can control in a difficult season is, what is your word saying and how can I how can I obey it? And at the end of the day, um, that's what I'm most responsible is, what is the word of God saying to me and what am I doing about it? Um, there's all sorts of seasons that come and go and challenging, uh, frustrating things that we're, we're experiencing right now, but God gives us his word and he calls us both to hear it, to read it, and to obey it. And so I wanna encourage you, um, there's a, a lot of information. There's a lot of prophets. There's a lot of false prophets. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pundits. There's a lot of places you can go to be led during this season. And there's a lot of confusion in this season. But I want to encourage you: uh, read the Word of God cling to the Word of God, um, find in the Word of God what He's speaking to you, and then act on what God is speaking to you. And I feel like if if us as His people can can do that, uh, we can at least cling to His Word and we can obey His Word, um, we know that the God who has seen seasons like this come and go, uh, He's up to whatever He's up to. Um, His will will be done. But uh, the question for us is, what, what do we do? And we can hear what to do in his word. And so cling to his word. Um, you know, it's interesting. Even I, I read this, uh, Tim Keller, the good, good author, Tim Keller, that I enjoy very much. He mentioned that, you know, even in the season when Martin Luther King Jr., in the, that season of civil rights, which we call the civil rights era, although the civil rights era is really continuing, uh, it seems like continues to march forward. And there's a continued need to fight for civil rights. But in in that area, we call the civil rights era. Martin Luther King Jr., he looked at failed national leadership. He looked at failed religious leadership. He looked at the the failed actions of people, even those who claim to be following Jesus. And his answer wasn't to say, this is a fraud, I quit. Uh, No, his answer was to hold up the word of God and say, these are the truths you say that you actually believe. Um, Now believe these and do these. And he called them to account for the ways that uh, he called people to account for the ways they said they believed in things and yet did the opposite. And I think in the same way, um, I want to continually ask myself um, before I I look elsewhere, um, say, "What is it? What is it, God, that you are asking me to do? And how can I make sure that I'm obeying uh, what you want me to do?" So if you don't have a time, a regular time where you're being fed the word of God, you're probably not going to put it in practice. If you're not. Um, letting your mind be formed by the Word of God, it'll be hard to obey it. Uh, it seems pretty clear in the time of Jeremiah, most people had stopped reading the law, had stopped reading the covenant, um, weren't weren't walking with that Word, uh, weren't obeying that Word, um, weren't trusting in it, and the results were disastrous for them. Um, for my own life, in seasons like this, I want to say, God, what does your Word say? And even though I'm tired, and even though it's easier to get caught up in in everything else that's going on. God, I want to say, what does your word say and how am I going to obey it? And in the the circle of influence that I have to say, what does the word of God say and what does it mean for us to walk in it? And so through this season, I want to encourage you to fight, fight for the word of God, fight for the truth of God, um, fight to obey what you know. Uh, A lot of the things that need to be done are things we learned a long time ago. It just a challenge to actually put them in practice. Um, fight fight for the truths that God has given us in his word. And then the third thing I wanna to point to is that even in seasons that are very challenging, um, there's hope. And in the middle of Jeremiah 23, which is a really depressing chapter about how the national leadership and the religious leadership and all of the people are pretty much totally lost. Um, it's a pretty depressing, pretty depressing kind of series of chapters there. Um, but in the middle of it there are always these little words of hope and one of the things that he says during that uh, time in jeremiah 23 um, starting in verse 5 he says the days are coming declares the lord when i will raise up for david a righteous branch a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land and that is a that's a prophecy pointing towards jesus and we know that that prophecy has come true in the person of jesus that the, the righteous branch, the king who reigns wisely and does what is just and what is right, he's already come and we know that one day he will come back. And we know that he's working together um, history in such a way that one day he, he does return. Um, we're responsible in the meantime for obeying what he says, for listening to his word, to living it out in a public way, um, wherever, wherever he places us in the circle of influences he gives us, um, but, but we can have hope in the middle of that. It, this is not a season that has always uh, seemed to provide a lot of hope. It feels like as the months have gone by, maybe you're feeling a little worn out, like, boy, back in March, this was kind of interesting. It was novel because it was the novel coronavirus. So it was very novel, it was new, it was interesting, it was scary, but there was a sense of unity and togetherness, and maybe at this point, you're feeling like, Oh man, this this just keeps going on. 2020 is a train wreck. Um, we have an election coming up that does not promise to bring together a lot of unity. People are still getting sick. People who we love, like the Amadors, people are still dying. Uh, the economy is still a mess. We're still needing to feed thousands of families every week through the pantry. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's turning the corner. Um, but in seasons like this, we can have hope. And Jeremiah went through a season that was at least up until now, (laughs) from what 2020 has been, uh, Jeremiah's season was darker and it was more challenging uh, than even the season we're going through. Yet he had hope, yet he can have hope in the fact that God one day would work to redeem and would work to bring about righteousness and justice, uh, that it would happen eventually. And we've seen that in the person of Jesus. We saw it in his life and in his ministry and in the way that he brought the kingdom to bear in that world. And we know that one day he will come again but in the meantime he calls us not to be not to be overly alarmed um, to cling to his word to fight to obey it and to do that all the time with hope and not be discouraged so that's my prayer for us as we go through even this week and as we pray for the amadors to fully recover and we pray for our nation and we pray to uh, let our minds be formed by the word of God and not by all of the noise all around us. So God, I pray that you, during this season, uh, you would help us to, uh, to do just that, to hear fresh from you what it is that you would say. There's a, there's a lot of frustration and a lot of bad information and a lot of fighting and mudslinging, but God, we wanna hear from you and we wanna obey what you tell us, God. And we have hope because we know the end of the story. But God, we're in a challenging chapter right now. So would you give us clearly uh, your word to obey, to listen to? Would you let us fight to to, to spend time with you, to wrestle with you in prayer and, and, and in reading and apply what you're teaching us? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you and have a good rest of your morning.